You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you by the new Locker Room app. Join me on Saturdays, typically during the game, is when I hop on, have a conversation about all things baseball. Uh, so check that out. Remember, it is now there is a beta on Android. That is what I what I'm using now for it myself. As for who I am, I haven't done my introduction. Jeff Ellis been hosting this for you know I always should remember exactly how many episodes. Just when I upload is when I see the total. I think I'm. We're approaching 490 very quickly. It's definitely in the 480s of these episodes. Uh, I am talking to some people. Uh, I know a long time ago I talked with... It, well, let's do the full intro. Late night for me to record. I am Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, formerly of dozens of local Cleveland sports blogs. Earlier this year I mentioned about the idea of adding a co-host. That got very bogged down. I'm very used to the model of when I was a writer where... <laughs> I would write under Scout 24-7, whoever, and kind of just be given carte blanche. Uh, I don't have that anymore. So when I brought up the idea of a co-host and I threw the idea out to the crowd thinking, oh, this will be simple. I can just do what I want. It's my show. Well, it's not my show. It, it, I'm the host, but this is still very much locked on show. So everything with that has gotten very bogged down as I have to talk to people and discuss things and anything has to be approved through corporate first. This is not to degrade anyone or anything, but to explain that, yes, I know I promised that I would eventually get a co-host, maybe two at some point. Uh, It is still a work in progress. It is still something we're talking about and we are getting to. I just have to talk to a lot of people, do a lot of steps, paperwork, all of this stuff. I I was used to the good old days, as I put it, where, you know, when I ran my site at 24-7, I cut my editor off 10% of every month just via, you know, PayPal. Uh, and I didn't have to do anything other than that. It was just me uh, giving some money to someone who worked for me. That is not how it works. Uh, when you're part of a, especially now that we're owned by Tenga, uh, I'm not used to, I'm used to the Wild West that was blogging. This is not that. This is something a lot more professional, uh, and I'm always thankful every day for the opportunity given to me by 24, nope, now 24-7, I'm thankful for the opportunities they did give me, but I'm thankful to uh, to David and everyone here at Locked On because no one's bringing new baseball people in. Baseball, I mean, 24-7 cut baseball. That's why I lost my writing gig. It wasn't, it'd almost be better if it was because I was a bad writer. Uh, at least then I could come to terms with it, but it was just, no, baseball wasn't there. So very appreciative for a place that is you know, not only do we have all the teams covered, we have the Locked On Prospects podcast. We are expanding and going above and beyond. So, you know, Locked On Fantasy Baseball, I didn't mention. So it's just my way of saying, check out the Locked On product. It's great that it is a company and group that is supporting baseball and baseball journalists in a time where, yes, The Athletic is doing that to a degree. And who else is? It's it's a bit of a hard market if you are a baseball person. So I'm just very appreciative to the network. Let's talk about this crazy game. Uh, so I do not think Jose Ramirez got hit. I definitely think Brady Singer had a balk. A balk. Let me say a little clearer that time. I sat there on my phone, zoomed in, and I, you know, it's like within the first two seconds of the, the video clip. So it's like watching the clip, watching the clip. He had a knee bounce. 
that knee bounce showed like he was going to the plate. That was a balk. If you want to get mad about anything in this one, get mad about Jose Ramirez. He, I do not think he was hit by that pitch. The balk was like there's nothing to be mad about. For two people, three people in the end to be uh, thrown out of the game is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Brady Singer getting thrown out after he's already been taken out was, I mean, that just struck me as an incredibly immature moment. And Mike Matheny, there's a reason why he was let go in his last stop. He wasn't the greatest manager, and this is a team that is scuffling right now. I mentioned previously, yes, they are in first place, or they were in first place at the start of this series. I did not look to see what the White Sox did tonight. For one, will stand with me here a second. Uh... The Royals are now, it's a three-way tie for first place uh, with your Cleveland Indians, actually. Uh, but they were in first entering the series, and they were 16-10. and 10. They've lost three straight. Well, if you go back to the previous series against the Twins, they were 15-8. and eight. So now they have lost five of their last six games. Uh, you can go back even further than that and say that they've lost six of their last eight and that split two-game series against the Pirates, who are terrible. This is a team that is not playing well all of a sudden. They were awesome at the start of the year, struggling, big-time struggles. And it felt like some of that frustration came out in this one. It was a it was a, a balk. A balk. Can't say that word properly. I completely feel it was. I don't think that's really up for debate. When he did that knee bounce, that was like he was coming to the mound. You can't do that and turn around and throw it's the right call. I would be the person who would, like I said, with the Jose Ramirez thing, I don't think he gets hit by a pitch. I mean, that is something that ends up having an effect on the game because he comes home to score, I believe, on the Eddie Rosario double. Uh, They get the tying run across. No, because the tying run was the home run. They get within one run, thanks to the the balk and then uh, the ground out by Naylor. Jose Ramirez hits his team-leading ninth home run of the year, I want to say, to tie it up. And then in the ninth, uh, you get Josh Naylor's second home run in this series and his second home run of the season. That's why I was kind of laughing there. Yes, that was Ramirez's ninth home run uh, to win it. Naylor's improving. Uh, I feel like everyone I sat there and called out over the weekend uh, is trying to make me look bad now. And something else to point out, yes, Bowers is playing better, but man, that's awful aggressive moving him up to the two-hole. Like, that was, that's a bit much for me. Uh, Let him stay where he is. Let him continue to do what he's doing. You go through the lineup in this game, and like, they only had two walks. So who reached base, one of those being Bowers. He is walking at a good clip. That's always been his best trait, even going back to when he was a star prospect in the minors. Who reached base twice in this game? It's a short list. It's Eddie Rosario. That's your list. That, that's all. Uh, both the walks went to players who were hitless. No one else. The Indians only managed six hits in this game. The Royals had nine. The Indians had three errors. The Royals had one. Uh, you know, there was a hit by pitch on each side and the, the balk. I can't say that word. But the Indians, like they shouldn't have won this one. They should not have been able to string things together as well as they did uh, for all of their issues. You had Jose Ramirez, Jimenez, and uh, Harold Ramirez with the errors for the Indians. Oh, but, you know, if I'm going to talk about errors, let's talk about that amazing gun down by uh, Austin Hedges at catcher catching uh, Taylor stealing. I don't know if there's another catcher in baseball who gets him out. I honestly don't. Uh, he has his struggles. 
three strikeouts tonight. The Indians struck out eight times. He had three of them. He did manage a hit. 43 on base or OPS. 43 on base would be awesome. OPS, it's terrible. Like I said, I, I've honestly had some points where I wonder if they'd be better off DHing hedges and letting the pitcher hit. It's he he's such a good defender. The bat is just not there. You do wonder, and we'll talk about the Roberto Perez situation a little bit more in the second half of the show today. If what you can do with hedges, like how do you make him be more than a, anything more than a backup? Can you really leave that bat in there? I mean, on this t- even on this team, he is has the worst production. And, and the Indians, yeah, there are players trending the right way, but there's still a lineup of mostly struggling hitters. Uh, we'll talk about Jimenez also in the second half of the show. I'm, I'm having some wonders, and I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. We'll get into that all in a bit, but let's talk about Biebs. Maybe, well, I don't think it's even a maybe. Probably his worst, see, maybe, probably. Let's let's get rid of all of that. Let's take the strong stance. This was his worst start since the opener, and the opener wasn't that bad. This might, this was his worst start of the year, in my opinion. Only the one walk gives up a home run. He's given up a home run in almost every game. That's just part and parcel with him. Nine hits, nine strikeouts, four runs, three earned. It was a struggle to get through those six. Only 105 pitches, but it was not the... (laughs) What first world problems we have as Indians fans when we're like, yeah, he struck out nine batters, gave up three earned runs over six, and that's that's his worst start of the year. But that's kind of the pitcher Shane Bieber's been... Uh, over the past you know year and a half where he is just otherworldly the nine strikeouts keeps his streak going you know last time he set a record at 18 now he's up to 19 straight starts with at least eight or more strikeouts something that uh, he's just gonna hopefully keep adding on to Shaw comes in is fantastic again you know, Whitgren had those early struggles and it was ugly early on but what a, he picks up the win tonight Strikes out the side in his inning. Karen Chalk gets a chance, picks up his third save, striking out two. Great job by the bullpen. And that's, again, with this team, once you get to the 7th, 8th, and ninth, with a tie game, which it was in this case, or the lead, you feel good. The pen is so good. It's so deep. You just feel like you're always going to have that opportunity to win. And, you know, work for the Indians. The Royals bullpen, you know, with Davis and Junis, did the complete opposite. Blown save and then a loss. Uh, the Indians bullpen kept it together for Bieber. He does not get the win. That goes to Whitgren. But still, to give up the four runs, have his worst start, and this team to just battle back and take advantage of the hit-by-pitch, take advantage of the balk. Balk. Man, that's a hard one for me. T- to make it through a game where... Like I said, they had six hits and two walks. That's not a ton. Of, and the hit-by-pitch, so like three walks. So you have three walks, nine base runners, essentially, and to get five runs is fantastic. To have three errors and still win this game is awesome. And again, this win, same record as Kansas City, same record as Chicago, 16-13. and 13, Tied for first. Cleveland Indians are now your first place, Cleveland Indians. And let's just put a bow on it there and talk about our fantastic sponsors on today's show. So our first fantastic sponsor is the same one who was our title sponsor, and that's Locker Room. And you've heard me talk about Locker Room many a time on this show. What it is, essentially, now it's on Android, which makes it even easier. It used to be just on iOS. It's beta on Android, but I was using it last week there. It's an app where you can come into the room. It's like it's like a chat room, except I can speak. 
and I can record and I can even record the whole podcast in there if I wanted and then post it. It's going to send me that. But I can also give the ability to speak to other people who jump into the room and I can answer your questions. You can type them in and then I just speak the answers out. (laughs) There's a few times where I tried to like type the answers out before I'm like, wait a second, there's a microphone. I can just chat with you. So it's just a way to have that like chat in the moment, talk in the moment. Uh, You can start it on your uh, Android device, your uh, Apple device, and then actually open a browser link with it as well. A lot of ways to go and check it out, but check out Locker Room for yourself. It's a lot of fun. Brand new app. I'm on it every week. Download, join me. It's more fun the more people we have, and the more people we could talk about our frustrations, our, our excitement in the middle of an Indians game. Especially just get used to it. I mean, think of the fun we can have if and when a playoff run occurs. Download the, the Locker Room app today. Blue Nile. I've talked about them more than a few times on here. Uh, you, as you guys know, I don't like to read the traditional ad read. It just feels very flat to do that. So I instead want to talk about, it's again, Blue Nile 1010. Go search that and you'll be able to find uh, all the site. All the site? No, you'll be able to find their 10 rings. That's why it's the 1010. If you do Blue Nile 1010, it will go right there. You'll get the link. And what I love as a baseball person is the fact that you have your profiles. You can sit there and read about every single designer. You can find a ring that's interesting and then find out about the woman who designed it. Every single one of these rings is designed by women for women. And you'll find so many different types. There are some on there that are not for me. I'll be honest. And then there were two that I thought were really interesting, really nice looking rings. All of these rings are reliably sourced from Botswana. It is, you don't have to worry about the diamonds themselves. And again, go check it out. If nothing else, it's interesting to go and meet the designers for this product. That is over at Blue Nile 1010. So we have some roster moves to talk about. Uh, I did not get my three stars for the game yet either. Uh, and we also just can talk about uh, some of the other occurrences in the game itself that I, I forgot to touch on earlier. Three stars. Uh, one nailer with the game winner. That, that's an easy one, right? Plus, he had the uh, the ground out that got the third run in in this one. Uh, Jose Ramirez with the game tire. And then I'm tempted to go with Whitgren uh, coming back, striking out the side in his one inning. Pitchers' wins don't matter, uh, so I'm not going to sit back and be like, oh, Andy got the win because they don't matter. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, those are my three in this one. Just to go back in, like the one thing I did want to touch on again is I appreciate that Bowers had a walk. He did score a run. Man, the two spot, really, we're going there. But let's talk about the the roster move and then like my additional concern. They need a catcher. Ritter Perez is banged up. Rene Rivera gets the call up for the Indians. Uh, Perez is going on the disabled list. He is hurt. I do appreciate that, you know, he talked, had that whole tweet about, you know, his mask is on the inside. It's called his immune system. This is from the guy who the past three seasons has gotten hurt in the middle of the year. Uh, I mean, his immune system seems to be okay, but his body is not physically holding up to the stress of that catching position. And that's also a concern that you have a guy who has been unable to stay healthy in 19, 20, and now 21. Uh, Rivera is your workman-like guy. I, I don't know if there's really a big difference between him and Bo Taylor, who would have been there if they had not lost him to the Reds, I want to say. Uh, to make room, you had to do something, and they let Ben Gamble go. That should not be a surprise. 
Uh, it was a struggle for him. He has very easily been replaced. And they have so many outfielders on the 40-man. It's just odd to, to even consider him, uh, carrying him when they had to make a move. Like, that's the easy cut. Rivera was a second-round draft pick out of uh, Papawan High School in Puerto Rico back in 2001. So I, if I had been a draft-eligible player, I would have been uh, drafted in the 2000 draft. So that means that Rene Rivera is about a year younger than me uh, in the draft scheme of things, uh, though our ages have more than that between us. So he would have been young for his draft class, and I would have been old. So he's, he's two years younger than me. Last appeared in the majors last year with the Mets. Has 12 years of big league experience. Debuted at age 20 back in 2004. 2014, 2015, he kind of got almost starter time. Appeared in over 100 games. He has been the definition of your experienced depth catcher. Someone you can feel comfortable throwing out there. But you really want is your third or fourth catcher in an organization. So that 2014 year, you can see why he got a shot in 2015 with Tampa. I mean, that year he uh, really strong, like an OPS of 116. Like that's very off the charts for him. 751, or I should say the 116 was the OPS plus. I don't know if I said the plus in there. 751 OPS. Always been a solid defender. One of those guys who could have a future in coaching down the road as well. Uh, the Indians brought him in for a reason. They called him up. And the other thing, honestly, with him is, why do you call him up? Well, they don't have a ton of options for catchers down there, but why Rene Rivera in particular? Because you can cut him from your 40-man later if you need to and not feel bad, and he's likely going to stay in the organization and with the team. So let's say you don't want to lose someone else off your roster when Perez gets healthy, but you do want to call up Owen Miller, who's someone you're going to have to add to the 40-man at the end of the season anyways. You can let Rene Rivera go from your 40-man. He'll likely clear waivers, and you'll still be able to have him as an emergency catcher at your third site. He comes in. He's going to fill a role they need. They need a backup. He can do it admirably. For all of those years and the fact that his offensive performance really hasn't been all that great in the majors, he still has a 2.5 career war over 1,400 at-bats. Most of that... I'm betting his defensive war value where he's generated a total of 4.2 over his career. And, you know, that's that's what he's here for. He's here to be a solid defender, backup type. I would much rather, again, have someone like him at league minimum than when they're paying Leon, you know, seven figures a year ago. Uh, and, and again, it, it's important to have that guy that you're not afraid to cut later because inevitably you're probably going to need that 40-man spot. You know, I had someone ask me about Owen Miller. Uh, you know, Andy, who I've talked about many times, uh, D.B. Sice was like, well, who would you like go? And I said, who would you like go? And he said, well, Gamble's easy. And it's like, well, now Gamble's gone. So who's the next guy? And that's really the question. It's like, unless they're going to put Vargas on the, the disabled list, the 60-day, and start accruing service time, Who's the obvious cut? Bowers is playing better. I don't think they're ready to move on from him yet. So who do they let go? Who's the player? Do they try to do they consider taking off a Mercado or a Zimmer? I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer for people there. That's do you because they don't have a ton of pitchers. We've talked about it. It would have to be a bat. Uh, their overall 
I went through every pitcher who was available after the Logan Allen uh, situation with him getting demoted, and it was just very clear that they don't have a lot of players on their 40-man right now who are pitchers. So looking at the team, I was just kind of quickly trying to pull up their 40-man. Who is the most likely player to be taken off? Maybe Juan Carlos Mejia. I, I don't think they would do it. When I look at the infield, most likely player to be taken off the 40-man on the infield, Ernie Clement. And again, I don't think they're willing to do that. It's Clement or it's Bobby Bradley. And amongst outfielders, it's Mercado or Zimmer. They're just, the roster has bloat, for lack of a better word. Uh, just looking at the whole team, it's like, who is on their 40-man who is not on the roster? If you're curious, it's Logan Allen, Juan Carlos Mejia, Eli Morgan, Scott Moss, Kyle Nelson, Carlos Vargas, Gabriel Arias, Bobby Bradley, Ernie Clement, Nolan Jones, Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, and Bradley Zimmer. That's the list. That's who is not. And uh, Roberto Perez, because he still counts against the roster. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crunch. There's some bloat. They got to figure things out. But that's where they are with that move. We will, in the third segment, talk about what has been my concern of late with the Indians, something I think is worth discussing. Uh, so you'll have to stay tuned to find out what I am uh, hinting around at here. Our newest sponsor is Sport Trade, and I've talked about them starting last Friday, I believe. And the whole idea is to kind of take fantasy to the next level. It's They're trying to, at least from the outside observer, try to take a way to combine the best parts of like daily fantasy and fantasy and the stock market to do a whole new and interesting approach to sports. And they just added baseball. So the idea is you go and you buy stock in a player. And if the player performs well, stock goes up. The other important thing is if the player's in demand, again, the value goes up. So you need to figure out who is a player who, you know, it, it's stock market, buy low, sell high. Who's a player who's undervalued? Who is, you know, like the ideal guy a few years ago might have been like, I mean, he's had JT Martinez, who has gone on to be like an MVP candidate after being released by the Astros. Finding that guy who is a surprise performer. Finding that guy the other thing is, you know, finding a guy who's going to generate talk. You know, if you could have bought on Fernando Tatis, for instance, when he was traded for James Shields, uh, the increased amount you'd have is amazing. You're trying to find that type of talent, that combination of high-level performer who's also going to generate enough to in- interest in him to have other people want to buy his shares and performance. Remember to go to Sports Trade today to check it out for yourself. Sign up, watch the How It Works video, and get started over at SportsTrade.com. And then our other fantastic sponsor, by now you know, it's Bet Online. So what I like to do during the Bet Online, instead of doing the ad read, is go to Bet Online. Let's go look at the sports and see if there is a line on the Indians for tomorrow. There is. A 2 p.m. game. Now, whenever I see, I get, I won't get into my time confusion now that I live in a different time zone, but Tristan McKenzie on the mound against Danny Duffy. I don't think anyone should be surprised that McKenzie is getting a run and a half. He had a big struggle last game, and Danny Duffy has an ERA under one so far this year. So they're big fans of Kansas City in this one. Here's my feel on that game. I I would not bet either side because Kansas City is a bit scuffling, but they might be a little more fired up after having all those players uh, 
thrown out of the game today. And on top of that, we've talked about McKenzie's struggles and how good uh, Danny Duffy has been. There is a lot going on. There are no props. Props for this game are not available. Check again soon. So I'm not throwing out any props in that particular game, which I kind of get as well. But remember to go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked on to get a five zero fifty percent bonus. That's a you're never going to hear anything at fifty percent when it comes to one of these ad reads. That is betonline.ag. Tomorrow's game is a rough one. I wouldn't recommend betting that one. I'd go check out some of the other lines. Uh, though maybe you do want to bet it because the odds are not in the Indians' favor in that one. At least if they don't win, you can win something for you. Remember that is betonline promo code locked on. So should I go ahead and continue my thought on that game? Uh, McKenzie's had his struggles. Winning four in a row from any team is hard. I I know every game is a new opportunity, and it doesn't really matter uh, what happened the day before when you're looking at, like, thought processes of, well, they've won three, but winning a fourth is hard is is a real fallacy type of argument. Uh, But at the end of the day, McKenzie has had problems with control last outing, problems with velocity for well over a calendar year now and Danny Duffy's been really good I'm gonna favor the Royals and if it's one of those things too just real quickly where the Indians lose tomorrow and they fall out of first they took three out of four if you're really going to be upset about what goes down in tomorrow's game then I, I baseball may not be the sport for you no matter what happens tomorrow barring like massive injuries uh we should all be happy with this kansas city series which coming after the chicago white Sox series that's that's why they're in a first place tie right now two strong series in a row the bats are awakening a lot of positive developments for the indians almost across the board except for at one position and that's shortstop uh jimenez is he's struggling big time both in the field and with the bat real basic throw today that he threw away led to a run I believe that is how the one unearned run came across he goes he does have a hit so he goes one for four with two strikeouts 546 OPS 176 batting average it's almost like everyone in that Lindor deal is cursed right now uh Ahmed Rosario rested in this one but his numbers haven't been the strongest but he's been eating into uh Andre's time Again, he's a player who stood out as someone that would make sense to start the year in the lower minors. He played well in spring, and he was a superior defender. But defensively, that was his fifth error already. Now, errors are not the end-all, be-all when it comes to baseball. But five is a lot for a team that is, he said, what, 16 and 13? Five errors in 29 games? That's, that is a lot, even as a, a stat that doesn't give us a ton of information if i go over to for instance his baseball savant page let's look at some of what they are saying in terms of his overall play now sprint speed is at 81st percentile and his max exit velocity is 75th and that's great that's also where the good news ends his outs above average are 32nd percentile that's poor that is a light blue last year his outs above average his defensive play at shortstop was the best in baseball. It was 100th percentile. He had the best outs above average by baseball savant. He was getting to more outs, making more outs than any other player in baseball defensively. So to go from that to a poor level is a huge change. 
And that was the thing. Even when I had issues with this trade, and even when I was a little lower on Jimenez in the field, the one saving grace was, I, I was very honest, is that I thought from Lindor to him would be even levels of defense. And that has not been the case. K percentage isn't bad. Expected batting average is at least in the white, but hard hit percentage, fifth, slug, fifth percentile, exit velocity, 20th. Expected you know, whiff percentage, 53, that's at least in the white. Chase percentage at 31. He's chasing balls. He's not walking. He's not hitting the ball hard. Nothing. I'm sorry. Those. Are, I'm looking at last year's data. Uh, the, that's all changed. Uh, so his K percentage, everything I just told you, I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping my mistake in because it's worth noting that that's where everything was a year ago. K percentage is now 16th percentile. That's a dark blue. Chase is down to 9th percentile. So he was chasing balls a year ago. He's chasing them even worse. Walks, slugging, expected weighted on base, 5th percentile, whiff percentage, 6th percentile. That's, that's really bad. Uh, he still has a good sprint score. Uh, his hard hit percentage is up. His uh, his exit velocity is down. That's the thing. Like When I say he had a good exit velocity, his max, the highest one he hit was, uh, was 75th percentile. His average is 35. Essentially, he has nothing that is not touching a blue color outside of sprint speed. And he's only 22. He's a player where if you send him to the minors, you can maybe get a whole another year out of him, depending on how much time he spends down there. And right now, he's not bringing any value to the Indians. Uh, I would not be shocked if we see him at some point this year, sooner rather than later. I mean, I think you give him till June, but June is... I mean, I don't want to necessarily say approaching, but it's, cause speaking of May, but as a teacher, it feels like it's a freight train coming down the tracks. It feels like it is something that is very quickly approaching. And again, they also just have an incentive to send him down just in terms of service time manipulation. Even if he was performing well, there'd be an incentive to do it. Uh, they wouldn't do it, but again... He's not playing well. He's not defensively playing well. And there's a money slash years of control incentive to send him down. All that combines to this is a team that doesn't make a lot of knee-jerk moves. They like to give young players a chance. But we saw, for instance, when before they caught up Frankie Lindor, they caught up Jose Ramirez. And then he had a good end to the one year. He came back the next year and struggled, struggled, struggled. Eventually, they sent him down and brought someone else up, given an opportunity, which was, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Francisco, not Frankie, uh, Lindor, and Ramirez spent some more time in the minors to get his stuff together. Owen Miller is down there. Owen Miller spent a lot of time at shortstop. I would not be surprised again at all if they make a move come June, if Jimenez is still struggling, to add Miller to the team as he continues to play well. Let him get some reps at short, let Jimenez uh, work on some things in the minors. You're going to be able to keep him down for a bit. And, you know, if Miller takes advantage of the opportunity, he takes advantage of the opportunity. There's worse things than next year having Owen Miller at second base and saving yourself the Cesar Hernandez money. Not to say that Cesar Hernandez is playing himself out of a job. He's actually been playing better of late. But these are all things you have to keep in mind. And with the Cleveland Indians, they just they have every rational reason every monetary reason to consider giving Jimenez a few more weeks and then 
sending him to AAA and seeing what Owen Miller could do. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked in the Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.